The Spurs season is just right around the corner, but are Spurs fans having high hopes or low expectations of the three rookies? You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kins by San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Yeah, the offseason is winding down little by little. Just a few more weeks. Training camp is right around the corner. Start of the preseason. So, yeah, exciting times. But we got to get through the offseason first. And we're going to have a fan episode. That's what I like about the offseason. We're going to have a lot of fan episodes come in. Um, they share their thoughts on the silver and black and much, much more. But before we dive into it, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts. And forgive the audio. I'm having some tech issues on my computer. So uh, hopefully I'll get those resolved soon. So we're having to make do with this. So please forgive us. But hey, it's the off season, So it is what it is. So as I mentioned, we're having a fan episode and he is back. It's been a minute since he's been on, but I'm glad he's took time to join me to represent the fan base. He is Terrell Huff. Terrell, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. I missed you, man. All right. Thanks for having me back, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Yeah, you know, I, I think with the offseason and everything, you know, you kind of start dipping into a few other things of the draft and then you kind of yeah. slide back into it once you start getting close to preseason, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's nothing personal. It's just there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> there really exactly. wasn't anything to talk about. You know, once you get especially past after, the draft. I was saying, especially after summer league, uh, you tend to kind of see everything tail off with the NBA. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the good news is at least we had the Mono Ginobili Hall of Fame induction. That that was fun to witness. I got a chance to go out there to Springfield, Mass, to check it out in person. Didn't want to mess up that opportunity because that was the first – Hall of Fame ceremony we had since the pandemic. Remember, Tim Duncan's was in the middle of the pandemic, and that was done like Zoom. So uh, it was good to have uh, them back. But Terrell, you're here once again to represent the fan base. Let's dive into this. Uh, let's talk about Manu Ginobili's Hall of Fame induction. Now, I haven't had any fan perspective yet, so why don't we talk about this in segment one? Uh, what did you think about the ceremony? What was the overall impressions from the fan base? You know, I, you know, I think it was, think it, was it was something as fans like that we all felt like was just, it's weird to say a long time coming because, I mean, essentially he's first ballot, but um, we just all wanted to hear what he had to say and, you know, just his his take on, on becoming a Hall of Famer and hear what he thought of, of his time with the organization and, and, and the guys that he spent his career playing with. Um, and it was really great to hear what he had to say about that, uh, because as we know, throughout the, the course of their careers, whether you're talking about Tim, Tony, Manu, even Pop, you don't tend to get a lot out of them, not because they don't want to talk to the people, mm -hmm. but just because they just show up, play and keep it moving. They never felt like they had to justify any part of their careers or anything like right. that. They just came out and played and produced and and kept it moving they were really not guys that were seeking the spotlight mm -hmm. so in the on the rare occasions that you get to hear from them whether it's collectively or individually and for whatever reason you kind of relish that as a spurs fan so it was really great to hear from him um mm -hmm. I, you know on that day i saw nothing especially on twitter i saw nothing but just all sorts of just really cool 
you know, like recollections of, of his career from from other Spurs fans that I've had the pleasure of, you know, talking Spurs with over the years. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really cool, man. It was fun. Yeah, it, it was great. And uh, for me to be there live and in person, it was just like another level up. And it's interesting. They don't the, the inductees, they don't get inducted physically at the Hall of Fame. They go to a different downtown building facility. So that building oh, wow. you see on TV oh, wow. is not inside the Naismith Hall of Fame. It's actually in a, a building called Symphony Hall, which is like smack downtown in Springfield, Mass. So it's about a five-minute drive from the Naismith Hall of Fame. So I found that interesting because I literally went to the Hall of Fame itself to get it. It was physically there, and the security guard yeah. told me, you're in the wrong place, buddy. You got to drive that way. <laughs> now, so, was it, like, is, it, is it because of the number of people that they can fit? Or was, yeah, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing, too. I, I mentioned this on the uh, the last Lockdown Spurs, but I'll, I'll say it again. It's The Hall of Fame is actually connected to a strip mall. There's a strip oh, wow. mall behind it. So every time you see on TV, on um, pictures, they show you, like, the front-facing side, which is just, like, the entrance. But behind it is connected to a strip mall, and there's a Subway sandwich shop, a Cold Stone, a GameStop, a Payless shoe store. I was I, I got thrown off by that, but but it's a nice facility. It's, it's it's beautiful. It's huge. That that trophy that they give the inductees at the end of the ceremonies, uh, once everything's over, is actually a replica of a tower that is on the uh, premises. Uh, outside of the uh, the Hall of Fame itself, so oh, wow. okay. that that's what that is. There's like a big tower when you come into Springfield, Mass. You can't miss it, and it's it, I mean, it's not like the Tower of America, San Antonio, but right. you really right. can't miss. It. And at the top is an orange ball surrounded by silver bracketing, and that's the same. That trophy is a replica of that. So, that's all cool. in all, though, it was a great night. I know fans enjoy. There were a lot of Spurs fans in attendance at the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony, but I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some. Yeah, the, that that Symphony Hall is three levels. First floor is usually sold out and a pretty penny. Uh, the second level is media room slash workstations with a little bit of fans on the edges. But the third level is where you know affordable tickets you know are, are okay there. got yeah and <laughs> a lot of Spurs fans a lot of manu fans it was jam-packed uh yes it bears repeating there were just a handful like three four people in the audience on the third floor that were actually booing manu when his name was announced and now i made sure terrell yeah. to look yeah. there was a guy next to me and i caught him and to say, okay, maybe he's not saying Manu, you know, and I'm just thinking, oh, is he booing? But no, he had stopped, cupped his hands over his lips and started booing again. So you don't do that at the Hall of Fame ceremonies, no matter how you feel. But nevertheless, yeah, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. But nevertheless, it was good. It was good to uh, see that. And I'm glad the fan feedback was good, as you uh, informed us right now. But a lot of fans are talking about this right now. I want to get your opinion just on a couple of guys before we go to our second segment here. Uh, are you buy or sell that Patty Mills gets into the basketball hall of fame? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. Um, I am for him in the hall of fame. I'm for any player that, I mean, you know, we talk about championships and obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got that, that pedigree. Um, 
I look at Patty when I I remember seeing the dude walking through Lock and Terror when he first became a Spur um, mm-hmm. and, and joined the team and what he's turned himself into, uh, whether it be, you know, working on his body, working on his game. Um, I look at anybody for me that has expanded the game's reach or at least helped to expand the game's reach um, globally. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and you put Manu, obviously, in that category. But then there's other guys that you put in that category. Um, I feel like he's one of those guys. Not from a standpoint of he's some sort of pioneer, because obviously there were a lot of guys that came before him, but just the fact that there are people in places like Australia and places like that that know about, you know, the NBA or at least their mm-hmm. at least their pipeline to the NBA sort of goes sure. through Patty because they see him. Uh, what he did for the national team. Um, I, I, and you could probably verify or at least correct me on this, but I don't, I'm trying to remember a time prior to this most recent Olympics where Australia won a, a medal. Um, yeah, got the problem. So I look at that and, and I, I see those things, the longevity of his career, the, the, the community stuff that he did here, because there was a lot of community stuff he did, especially for indigenous peoples where he's from. There were a lot of little things here and there that he did that he used basketball as a platform. And that, you know, it, it's one thing to just generally use basketball as a platform. It's another thing to use it for great things. Uh, whether it is expanding um, the reach of the sport or whether it's, you know, uh, humanity. Um, he did so many things. So, yeah, for me, he's definitely, um, I don't know if, if first ballot, I'll leave that to right. the people that make those decisions, but I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I'm right there with you. I, I think he makes it on his strong international uh, basketball resume. His NBA resume just is kind of like sprinkles on top of the cake, you know, like little fun, yeah. like little yeah. sprinkles. But as far as global impact on the game of basketball, yeah, I mean, he started an Aboriginal basketball league in Australia. He right. funded it, right? Yeah, and he brought Aborigines awareness to the NBA. He started in San Antonio with the Aboriginal Night. I think that's what he called it. So yes, yes. yeah, he definitely made it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying he's a lock. But nobody should be surprised if down the road when he calls it a day that the Hall of Fame announces the next class and he's nominated. There should be no surprise. And let's not forget this too, Terrell. There's different categories to get in. There's an NBA coaching side. There's, you know, uh, sports writer side. There's actually right. an international right. side to it too. Yes. So yes. you can definitely get in. But yeah, well, and I think this is kind of a no brainer. Former Spurs Steve Kerr, he's in. Yes. 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 As a coach. As a coach. As a coach. And and again, another thing we kind of briefly talked about yesterday it's it's, 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 it's that it's reach that of the game, of the game, you know, mm-hmm. or in his case, I feel like. But yeah, you know, you can discuss whether, you know, Steve Kerr, you know, was. I wouldn't I would give him all the credit, but just embracing the style of play that we're seeing taking the NBA by storm, mm-hmm. um, you know, the up tempo, small ball. Um, there were teams that did it from time to time, but it was kind of almost 
looked at as sort of like a novelty act for a while and it's now become commonplace you know the up-tempo you know shooting from who knows where there's a lot to it obviously having certain players factors into it but when I look at the where the NBA is going and how the game has modernized to the point where you're getting a crowd and a style of play you know, that you didn't see before, um, I think he's made a huge impact. So, yeah, I definitely would hope from a coaching standpoint, he would for sure get in. Um, and, and you know, I don't think anyone would be surprised. I don't think anyone would be like, right. well, hey, they let anybody in here. These days. <laughs> like, no, I, yeah. I really don't think that would be the case. I, I don't think anybody would argue that he, he belongs in the Hall of Fame uh, for Absolutely. sure as a coach. Absolutely not. All right. When we get back, we're going to dive into the uh, meat of this episode of Lockdown Spurs. And as Terrell, are fans high on the rookies? Are they bent low or low expectation, high expectation? We're going to find out in just a few seconds. But I want to talk to you about betonline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college basketball, football, everything you need as far as betting is concerned and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's game. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Look, it's the fastest and easy way to check in on all your favorite sports events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Maybe there might be BetOnline lines on Terrell Huff's chances of getting into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Who knows? Go check it out. It could be there at BetOnline.net. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. We're back on this episode of Locked On Spurs, and it's another fan episode with Terrell Huff. He's going to be talking about the rookies in just a few seconds. But Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, the Greek freak. Which NBA player moves the betting line the most this season? Locked On and Bet Online odds makers present the top 50 NBA most valuable players starting on September 19th. Find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, let's go ahead and bring back Terrell Huff. I checked on those better line stats. Uh, I didn't see your name on there, so uh, maybe next <laughs> year you'll get into the whole well, thing. Well, hey, man, can't win them all, right? <laughs> I know, but let's go ahead and talk about the uh, Spurs rookies. Now, the re- the at least the official rebuild is here, and – the Spurs are going in this season with a lot of young kids, especially the three of them, Blake Wesley, Malachi Branham, and Jeremy Sohan. So we saw a little bit of Blake Wesley. We saw a little bit of Malachi. We didn't see anything from Jeremy Sohan. So we're kind of like, okay, who are these kids? We have college highlights, but we really have nothing to really look at. It's kind of base thing. So Terrell, I got to ask you, and of course, you know, pepper in the fan thoughts. What are Spurs feeling about these three new kids on the roster? They high on them, low expectations. What is the vibe with the fan base right now? I would love to say that it's sort of a mixed bag, but, you know, now not speaking for me personally. Personally, I'm cautiously optimistic. I see a lot of good things, um, specifically out of Wesley. Um, Mm -hmm. Sohan strikes me as as a kind of a, he looks to me like he's probably going to be closer to a uh, Draymond Green type of guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see in some of what I saw from him in college and 
he he looks like the kind of guy that could learn the offense and he could kind of initiate things um, from a big position. Uh, not uh, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to, you know, be sure. Draymond Green necessarily, but he looks like he could play that type of role. Um, Blake Wesley, oddly enough, even though he was picked later, he mm-hmm. strikes me as the most intriguing of the three. Um, he just he has a style to his game. It's very aggressive. Um, you know, he, he, you know, we always had that running joke about how Pop would always tell guys, "If I put you out there to shoot, you shoot. If you don't shoot, I'm gonna take you off the court." Um, and he looks like the type of guy where Pop says, "I'm putting you out here to shoot the ball. When you get the chance, shoot it." He looks like the type of guy that would love that and just run with it. Of course, um, yeah. And so I, I look at the three of them and I'm cautiously optimistic, unfortunately, from the fans, the other, you know, when I'm looking at what I'm seeing on Twitter and everything, you know, I've seen everything from why would they have to make three picks in the first round? Why not trade, you know, a couple of sure. picks and move up or do this or do that? I heard so many things. And unfortunately, I think a lot of a lot of us as fans are just sort of jaded right now. And we're just kind of like, you know what? We don't have really high expectations of anybody that are being picked. I saw a lot of people that were utterly shocked at the Sohan pick as if like he wasn't a talented guy. I think he is. I just don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be Joel and B, you know, it's like, that's not what, it's not the expectation. Um, but it's, uh, like, but it's like, I think the, there's think this thought that we would go out and get a guy like that. And it's like, no, we're going to, you know, if you go out and you get a really solid player that's going to be a starter for you for several years, that's really the most you can expect out of a, a number nine pick. So I see a lot of people that were kind of down on that particular pick uh, and super surprised at the fact that they made all three picks and kept all three picks. Um, and of course, there's a the usual chatter about who's going to be in Austin versus who's going to actually be on right, the main right, roster. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think at some point throughout the season, you're going to get some decent production out of all three guys. Um, but my, if I had to go out on a limb, I really do think that we're going to see a lot more of Wesley than we think. I think hmm. Wesley is one of these guys that, from what I saw what from I him, saw, um, he looks like the type type of guy that's going to just will his way onto the onto the main roster, and by halfway through the season, is probably going to force Pop's hand and make him part of the rotation. I'm not saying a starter, but I could certainly see him on a second unit making a difference. Um, right. So. And, and that's just looking at his style of play and his aggressiveness. And he did not seem to be a deer in headlights, um, mm-hmm. you know, in summer league when he's playing against other guys that are sort of considered to be similar caliber as him. He seemed to be above and beyond what those guys were doing. Uh, so I think that's my, if I had to make a bold prediction, I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to see a lot more of than we think. It feels like Malachi is getting lost in the shuffle because every, I, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, well, why is that? Why do you think he is getting lost in this rookie expectation you, discussion? You know, the skill set is there. Um, and we know that, you know, I mean, there, at least early on, he did some similar things to what Wesley was doing. He strikes me as a guy that 
his game is a little there's a little bit more to his game i think than mm-hmm. wesley but when you start looking at the type of thing that 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 you need brought to the the main roster i look at wesley as the guy that just kind of looks like he can come in and produce really quickly if they just need him to do one particular thing hmm. uh, of the three i mean well, you already mentioned about Wesley. You know, you you think that he's going to get a more run in San Antonio. Would you be shocked though if if these guys are in Austin for an extended amount of time? All of them, or just all of them? any one of them at any given time? Because because I would be shocked if Sohan is up there at all. I think he's he needs to be here in San Antonio, and he needs to at least be coming off the bench initially unless he shows something more uh, than being a rotational player. But I think he should already be a rotational player because I think he brings, mm-hmm. just as, a, as an athletic big, he brings a lot uh, to the team that we really kind of don't have uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at Wesley um, and I look at, it would not surprise me if either of the two guards are in Austin for an extended period of time, just based on what we know about Pop and how he likes to do things uh, and how he values the guard position um, mm-hmm. and his expectations from the guards, guard position. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the two of them spent quite a bit of time, maybe even you know roughly half the season or more up there. Um, but I think if between those two guys, uh, if I'm thinking either of them are going to be up there more than the other, I hate to say it, but I think it'll probably be Branham um, yeah. just because I, I see him as a guy that, that I don't get the flat out score vibe from him. I get that mm-hmm. out of Wesley. And let's be realistic. A flat out score is, is going to be more often than not during the season, somebody they're going to need uh, to have. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. The best case scenario would be all three of them seeing significant time um, and, and, you know, the guys from the last couple of years that have been drafted taking that next step to, to you know, borderline all-star type of situation. So, you know, it's all wishful thinking. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the two guards spent a lot of time up in Austin. Yeah, and with Sohan, not only did uh, fans didn't get to see him play in Vegas, also lost out on a chance to him playing for Team Poland at the Euro uh, qualifiers this summer right. because he said no, that he wants to focus on his NBA career, which is good. And I'm glad, but again, that says a lot. And look, the kids, they're saying the right things. They're doing the right things. They're sharing on their social media. They're at the Spurs gym, and they're working out, and they're weightlifting. It's great. But there's a difference between that and having a seasoned NBA player come at you on the court or, uh, you know, with the bright lights and, um, you know, big stage under their feet. Uh, you, You know, just a few more thoughts, and we'll go into our final segment here. But, you know, the rookies. Do you believe, or were you, or do you believe the Spurs fan base will have patience with them? Are they expecting them to produce maybe immediately? I do not think um, the fan base as a whole will will, will have patience with them, unfortunately. Um, I do think that there is this idea that, hey, you're a first rounder. You should be providing something um, on the main roster um, nightly. Um, I do. I get that. That is the impression I get from from 
right after the draft, you know, some mm-hmm. of the social media stuff that I was reading and, and, and some of my interactions, the impression I get is, hey, you were drafted in the first round. You need to produce. You need to produce, especially when you factor in because we can't do the whole thing where we used to be like, oh, that'll be some guy that they'll send overseas or that'll be some guy or they'll leave overseas or we're not doing draft and stash anymore. The last four or five years or more, it's been draft and you're either in Austin, obviously, because Austin has sort of changed the, you know, the, the D league has sort of changed the, the, or G league, I'm sorry, uh, has sort of changed the way that you do the whole draft a guy and then stash him away. It's more or less just, he's up the road until we feel like he can contribute. So when I look at that, I, you know, I'm not, it's one of those situations where it's like, well, you know, we should be getting something out of these guys because we drafted all of them. And if we trust the organization, they obviously drafted them because they thought they can contribute. And it isn't always about that. Um, so, I mean, for me, you know, I, I don't think I would put as a fan, I don't think I would put the onus on them to just immediately be giving me seven, eight, nine points a night, yeah. um, as rookies. These are, these guys are 19 and 20 years old, man. Um, I, I want them to be guys that can learn because you're not going to get a ton of job Morants. You're not mm-hmm. going to get a lot of. Even Obi Toppins and guys like that, you're not going to get a lot of these guys out of college that you know went for a year or two. Unfortunately, those guys are just the organization is not set up in a way where we're just going to put those guys out there and and let them take their bumps. You know how Pop is, and the organization is very methodical, very let's develop these mm-hmm. players and then see where it goes from there. And I wonder if a lot of that is based on the fact that, you know, realistically speaking, you're not going to see a lot of um, free agents coming through here. Hmm. So there is a lot more onus on the Spurs to develop the talent that they're drafting with and, and go into it, scientifically speaking, go into it with the idea that if we develop this player, he will be this in this mm-hmm. many years versus oh, well, we can draft this guy and then we'll go out in free agency and we'll go grab the top guy in free agency and we'll bring him in and he could be a complimentary piece. We can't right. do that here, unfortunately. So, you know, I, I don't have that expectation. I don't need them to jump out and average 10, 12, 15 points a game in year one. I don't need that because I understand how, how the organization does things. Right. We're here with Terrell Huff on this fan episode of Lockdown Spurs. When we get back, we're going to put a wrap on the rookie uh, topic and then dive into some Spurs news and notes. We're back with Terrell Huff on this fan episode of Locked on Spurs, and we're about to wrap this up with some uh, final thoughts on the rookies and go over some Spurs news. And by the way, again, forgive the audio. I was having some microphone issues uh, today, so I'm off my cell phone, but hopefully I'll get that corrected uh, shortly. Yeah, but certainly, you know, just put a bow on this whole rookie talk, Terrell. I, I think... If we're in a rebuild, then let's do it right. Let's not rush these kids. I, I get the Spurs want to get back to the NBA's mountaintop. I get that. Uh, but there's high expectations of them maybe failing to meet up expectations. Because we forget, they're, they're, like you mentioned, they're, they're kids. They're 19-year-old kids. Right, they're just right. teenagers. So you're going to have to groom them properly. If that means in Austin, so be it. If that means on the bench for a while, so be it. If that means throw them into the fire, so be it. But 
when they're gonna Spurs fans gotta know they're gonna have bad games. They're gonna have bad nights. They're right, gonna make right. stupid mistakes on the court. That's coming. Get ready for that. But yeah, hopefully yeah. it'll groom all three of them to be productive players as the season goes on, or especially next season after this current season, the next new season, uh, for them to be uh, solid contributors. Uh, just brief, just one last question on this rookie uh, discussion. I, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but of the three, you, do you still think Wesley will be the one shining the brightest at the end of the season, or do you think maybe Sohan may come on and Malachi may surprise? How are you feeling that? Yeah, I yeah, feel like I Wesley, Wesley. I feel I like feel he like fits the modern NBA um, mm-hmm. about the best of the three. Not that the other two don't fit. I just think he kind of personifies the aggressiveness, the running, um, the just the the sheer on court activity during plays <laughs> that is sort of representative of the current style of basketball and 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 what the consensus of of fans and and and, and teams want to see out of a, out of a guard these days. And so and you're going to have a lot. You know, obviously teams are very guard heavy these days because that's you know, perimeter play is where it is right now. So um, he just strikes me as the guy that seems to have the sort of the most ready-made game for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we'll see how the season plays out. But, um, yeah, I think at, at whatever points he gets to get on the floor, I think that's what you're going to see out of him. So, yeah, he's the one that stands out the most to me, even though he was sort of the the latest pick. Like, he was picked the latest of the three. I feel like he's going to make the biggest difference. And that actually wouldn't be a big surprise for this team because, I mean, let's be realistic, late 20s has been a a decent area for the Spurs over Mm -hmm. the last, you know, several years, you know, so it wouldn't be a shock. Absolutely. I got a chance to talk to Wesley when he got drafted on draft night. And he he definitely plays with a chip on his shoulder because he said that during his workout with the Spurs, he was lumped in with a lot of the top prospects, like your top ten prospects, and mm-hmm. that he was kind of relegated to the the, the you know they didn't view him like that, and right. that really ticked right. him off. And he went all out, and he thinks that that mentality helped him get picked by San Antonio. Tro, can I bug you to stay on for a couple more minutes to go over some Spurs news and notes? No problem. No problem. Are you a big Funko collector? Do you like Funko Pops? I am not, but I am fully aware of them. Um, yeah. I only have two, and one is Jimmy Garoppolo because I'm a Niners fan. <laughs> we see how that worked out. And then um, I think the other one is like uh, Iron Man. All right. Well, Spurs fans, a majority of them definitely are collectors, but when it comes to Spurs themed, the Funko Pops are all about it. Now, an Argentinian uh, company called uh, Time Out Deportes 3D, put out their own custom Funko Pops. Now, they're not official, and but they're still out there. And yes, they do ship globally, Manu Ginobili custom fan-made pops. Uh, it's a little figurine with Manu holding a trophy, an NBA title trophy, draped in the Argentinian flag, 2014 nice, championship nice. cap, white Spurs jersey. Spurs fans are going gaga over it. Again, it's not an official one, but Terrell, the official Funko Pops, there are uh, starting a line of NBA legends. And wouldn't be surprised if Manu down the road gets an official Funko Pop. And I think that might be your third addition to your collection. Uh, I would uh, say, yeah. yeah. 
to be brutally honest with you, I, I mean, honestly, I need to get probably all, all of the big three. But <laughs> if they can make it similar to what you described, um, the Argentinian version, the, the Argentinian yeah. company's, version, company's version of it, yeah. if that one it was to come out, um, that would that would really up my chances of getting one. <laughs> I mean, I would love to have one regardless um, of an official one. But realistically, mm -hmm. I almost think it, there's a little bit more value for me in the, the Argentinian version, a uh, company's right. version of it, because of everything that you described. I mean, the Argentinian flag, the, the holding mm -hmm. the championship with the Spurs, it sort of encompasses his career in that one little fungal pop. So me personally, I would love to, to have uh, the Argentinian company's version. Uh, <laughs> but if the official one, if the official fungal pop was to make one like that one, would love it they should do a collaboration and that we should get one because just the description of it alone gives you goosebumps because right you as a spurs fan we've all lived that moment through him you know seeing that that 2014 mm -hmm. championship so yeah man um i would most certainly make that my third one for sure all right we're not done talking about Mata ginobili and other uh, spurs news uh, a rare one of one Autographed Monte Ginobili basketball card went up for auction recently and became the highest sold in the last three months on eBay. Sold for over three thousand dollars. Terrell, would you spend that kind of money on sports memorabilia? If I had three G's to spend <laughs> on do? that particular card, which, which he does, everybody, he's just being modest. I <laughs> well, ask my kids how much money I got because most of it yeah. goes to them. But yeah, if I had three G's laying around and, and I and I was told, hey, you can buy whatever you want with that, uh, I would most definitely love to have that card, especially here in San Antonio. And it would probably be very much on display next time I did any sort of podcast, like <laughs> visually speaking, behind me. Yeah. Like I would definitely Room Raider would definitely have to give me some love on that on that <laughs> card behind me. Cause it'd be sitting right there with all my camera equipment and everything else. Right. See that Manu card. So yeah, man, I definitely, I drop three G's on that in a heartbeat and I'd probably be getting a pretty damn good deal because it's <laughs> probably, in my opinion for Spurs fans, it's probably should be worth 10 times that amount. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. There's not that many Funko. Well, uh, well, I'm going back to the Funko pop. I just wanted to bring this up real fast. Um, Funko, like official Funko pops out there. There's, a Tim Duncan, there's a Coyote, there's a Gervin, and a Team USA Robinson. Wow. There is a Kawhi Leonard one, though. There's also a Kawhi Leonard one. He's in a Spurs uniform. Uh, uh, so uh, I think a lot of Spurs fans probably burned that uh, when he demanded <laughs> trade. But uh, one more news and notes before we let Terrell go. Too soon, Terrell? Rookie Blake Wesley got a mural in San Antonio. Uh, out at a Rudy Seafood uh, place on the south side of the city. Too soon? I would say no. Okay. Um, I think when you take into consideration the kind of impact that this community has had on some of the young guys or just the, the players in general, um, it, 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 you know, that have played for the Spurs, especially the guy, the mural situation, had, goes a long way. Um, you've already heard uh, some of the things that, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm, his name is escaping me right now. Um, from Alabama. Um, he's probably oh, gonna, uh, he might be Primo. starting. Primo. Yeah, Primo. Josh, I should totally not 
forget his name, but that's that's me. That's what 46 years old <laughs> does to you. Um, Josh Primo, like he's talked about the community and how much it's embraced him. Um, that that is that goes around that same that mural and things like that. That all goes in the same category. It's the community embracing a guy. And so think about the fact that you're a rookie and you're not even a hallowed rookie. You're not a guy that was like top five that everybody is like saying, oh, he's going to be the next so and so. So this is a guy that was picked at the end of the first round. Yeah. And to see the community that you're coming into embracing you that way at 19 years old. That's just motivation, man. So I don't think it's too soon. I think this is what San Antonio's community does um, and takes, you know, and, and when they see these young guys coming to the community um, and it's somewhat strategic because, hey, man, we Spurs fans don't get enough credit for being savvy. Mm-hmm. But we look at these young guys and we realize they're coming to a place that they've probably never been before in their lives. And to see that kind of accepting community and 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 that aspect of things is really helpful so i don't think it's too soon i think it's amazing and i'm i'm glad it was done especially on a place on the south side where you have such amazing artistic talent so i Mm -hmm. think it's great absolutely all right we're done talking we want to hear from you what did you think about manu's hall of fame night uh did anything we missed that we should be highlighting and also what do you think about the uh, three rookies are you having high expectations, low expectations, or your kind of jury's out? We'll see what they got in this rebuild. We need to know. And will you spend over $3,000 on any type of sports memorabilia and whatnot? And do you collect Funko Pops? Uh, Terrell, let them know how they can get a hold of you, how they can watch your latest commercial. I saw it. I put it out there that I have, I have an actor. I had an actor on my uh, lockdown Spurs. So what's going on? What's going on on your end of the, uh, the world? Um, at Terrell Huff on Twitter, same thing on Instagram. Um, and, uh, we, I just got actually a message the other day from a a national geographic Disney thing. We worked on me and my, me and my kids were both in it and, uh, we're doing, uh, we're going to reshoot or not reshoot, but we're going to do some pickup, uh, uh, pickup shoot, uh, for a couple of days in Austin next month with the hopes that at the end of the year, they'll be done producing, uh, the episode of this TV show that we're going to, that, that we did for, uh, national geographic. So that's going to be fun. Um, I'll definitely, uh, get touch base with you and we'll and, and we'll, we'll talk about it so that we yeah, can uh, yeah. let everybody know when they can watch it can i can i woge bomb it can i please woge bomb it for sure that would me be woge- that would be a highlight <laughs> it'll be a highlight for, for sure. me <laughs> to woge bomb your success because uh, i think <laughs> i think uh you know you definitely do some good uh tv work by the way you did a good job on that commercial i like how you had that big old smile standing in front of the crowd and yeah man the, the money yeah. bags bro the yeah. money bags yeah, that, was, that was a good one i saw that i go like look at terrell is it look at terrell <laughs> doing yeah but again, yeah, that was uh, awesome man i had a good time with that one yeah exactly make sure to subscribe to lockdown spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast google play stitcher itunes now on youtube and we thank you for making lockdown spurs your first listen each and every day so for Terrell, soon to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame, Huff, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.